and welcome to Beauty Guides Podcast. You can find us at Beauty Guides Podcast on Instagram and the TikTok. We are two beauty industry professionals discussing makeup, skincare, sometimes even self-care. My name is Kelsey. I'm a licensed esthetician and educator, and you can find me on Instagram at Kelsey's Aesthetics. I'm Lauren. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and a freelance hair and makeup artist. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren H. Beauty Vibes. Today's topic is gua sha. Welcome back. Sorry it's been so long. We unexpectedly took the summer off, um, <laughs> but we're we're back, baby. Oh, so many changes. Okay, Kelsey, give me a little quick update on what you went through in the last two months. <laughs> um, okay, so I um, told my job to fuck off and walk yes. out. Um, I then got COVID and then was sick for two weeks. And then I spent a week in the mountains. So that was... You did forget one very important part that you're probably not allowed to talk about, but I am. But you started a riot. Oh, I did. I did start. I didn't start it. I might have incited it. I might have pulled a former President Trump and incited a riot, but I definitely did not start it. But yes, that was part of me telling my job to fuck off. Um, my former students rioted, which by the way, I love so much. I love that they did that. Um, so yeah, I, small minor detail. Um, Lauren, tell us about, about what you've been doing. Yeah. So in the last two months, um, I worked on a movie set, which was so fun and life changing. And then I moved to a gorgeous new apartment on a little Island and, um, really just feel like life is leveling up now and making a little more sense. So that's good. It's amazing. Yeah. So we had planned on, so all of this started, was it July? We had planned on taking two weeks off for July because, Lauren was moving and um, working on the the movie. And mm-hmm. then I um, lost my job. Well, I walked out of my job. And then mm-hmm. when we were going to record again, I had COVID and I was very, very sick. I was very sick for about five days, but overall sick for about two weeks, like would not have been able to record. Um, and then I was in the mountains for a week. So sorry, we've been gone, everyone, but we're back and we won't do that to you again. Um- <laughs> oh, guys, but also before then we were going to record one night and then like my computer just like would not even like do anything. So I also had to go ahead and buy like all new like computer technology, podcast technology. So I hope I'm sounding better for you all because even though I felt like, okay, so during um, the filming of the movie, my car broke um, and then I moved into an apartment and then, you know, moving is just all these crazy expenses that you don't anticipate on spending um and then got computer a computer and um podcast equipment so I am chilling for a little while (laughs) and paying all that off but I hope that I sound good because I want to sound great for y'all yeah we were so it was after the movie and we were all set like gonna record and then Lauren's like computer just I mean her your computer had kind of been on its last leg for a little while but it, Mm -hmm. it just was like nope I'm done so then we had to wait another week and then during that time I had COVID (laughs) so it's just been like a series of unfortunate events but I mean all of it is it's all good now Lauren's got a great new computer and Mm -hmm. in a new apartment on an Mm -hmm. island with Mm -hmm. so much you already have like a gator in the neighborhood we do and the conversations Trevor and I have been having are like we need a golf cart now because yeah. <laughs> gas wise, it just does not make sense. Like everything is all here. Like the point is to mm-hmm. not leave once we're like home mm-hmm. and um, it would just be rude to the environment to keep, you know, going with the cars back and forth. Yeah. So, you know, definitely looking into golf cart life, you know, um, Aaron has uh, like a scooter, like a Vespa. Um, it's called a Honda Helix. It's actually, it's pretty big. It's a two seater and it actually goes 70 miles per hour. And the, he purchased it, um, a, because he was at a financial point in his life where he could buy something stupid like that. And then B with the intent of like, just, you know, using it to cruise around the neighborhood. But unfortunately the neighborhood that we're on, we're on like two major busy streets. So it doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. Um, it's not, 
that safe because we're in Florida and people want to kill you. Um, Uh (laughs) So, but that's what I see for you guys is like a golf cart or a Vespa or something like that. Join. Definitely not a Vespa. That would not be okay here. Like I told you, this is a very specific vibe in this little island area. And I'm actually feeling more of the social pressures to get a golf cart because everyone drives around in these like expensive pimped out golf carts that have like child seats in them. Um, I don't know. The whole family holds like 12 people. It's just insane. Oh, these are these are like intense golf carts. Yes, they're oh. gorgeous. Like they're like Cadillacs of golf oh. carts. Clearly mine will be budget friendly, yeah. but I am feeling the social pressure. I did not just think I needed a golf cart. Um, It's more like I'm like, no, everyone else has one. <laughs> I want one too now. Well, and it's probably one of those things like, you know, when you have dogs, you know, all the people in your neighborhood that have dogs too, because you guys see each other and you're dog friends, right? Like, even if the dogs don't get along, like, you know, you're like, oh, they have that little brown dog or whatever. It's probably like that with golf carts. Like, you're probably in. There's like a golf cart society that you can get in, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll have like an initiation ceremony where they kidnap you and make you drink golf cart blood or something. I already went through that dumb shit in a sorority (laughs) and I will never let anyone make me do ever anything again, especially because I'm a human being with my own free will. Like I would love to go back into sorority life now because I feel like they'd like, I'd walk into a room with all the candles and, and that's the thing with sorority life. It's, it's, not you can't even enjoy the witchiness of it you know what I mean like there's so much witchiness it's like a secret society Mm -hmm. there's candles there's music um but you have to like like none of that's acceptable because you know we don't like accept like witchiness in society so it has to be all like boring sorority bullshit and I'm just like making you feel sad about your life but um I'd love for someone to make me do something now you know like hazing wise because I just feel like um you can go fuck yourself (laughs) I I will tell you the one fact about you that I always forget is that you were in a sorority because it's so funny and so random like I understand right you're gonna tell me my mom paid me to be in there and I understand it made financial sense at the time but it's just so different than like you and I are not like um you and I have never been the type of girls to have like um 20 girlfriends right no that was why my mom like really pushed it too because mm-hmm. I've never had a lot of girlfriends but I'm just not that kind of person I have a lot of friends I just keep to myself and right. sometimes boys are just low energy and I don't have to worry about them talking behind my back when I leave <laughs> you don't have to worry about like if you hurt someone's feelings when you're around a group of guys, they're going to be like, Hey, that's fucked up. Don't say that. And you're like, Oh, okay. I won't say that. And then you move on with your lives. And with girls, it's like, they're going to go tell their friends, like she really hurt me. And so now I'm just going to ignore her and we're going to play catty games. And it's like, that does not work for a, someone who's like neurodivergent and like B someone who Mm -hmm. does not have the patience for bullshit, which is also what we have. (laughs) 1 million percent to all of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's, I hate to be like, I'm not like other girls. I hate, to use that but it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not like other girls like I rather either be by myself or around a group of guys to be honest and that's how I ended up with like three friends like truly Mm -hmm. and I mean you're one of them but it's it's because you're like me where it's just like I I'm just gonna say how I feel and like I'm you can't you can't get butt hurt about it you can't do it yeah I I truly just don't have time for fake bullshit and I'm just at a point in my life where like I don't care what I'm glad we're all like gender neutral at this point because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care what you are. It just matters that you're real and you're kind mm-hmm. and you're authentic. That And I can see through people. My bullshit meter is very strong. I can like see through people very well. So I just don't even like to waste my time a lot of times. Don't you think that came with like being in your 30s too? Like, yeah, like yeah. a lot of people want to complain about their 30s, but I think that there's such um this like clear mind that you mm-hmm. start getting. A, and if you're lucky, mm-hmm. if you are lucky, if you are lucky enough to grow and evolve and be okay with aging, um, you really do start to find yourself and being okay with yourself and being happy to be the person that you are. That's what I, I tell, like I would tell my students and stuff. I'd be like, don't fear 30 because this is the most secure as myself I've ever been. Like I know who I am and what I like, what I don't like and what I'm willing to do. And I feel like the 20s was learning all of that. And then the 30s, you get to just be yourself and, and just really enjoy who you are as a person. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're in your 20s, your 30s will also be amazing if you don't give into any of the societal bullshit of what you should be doing at that age. Because, you know, I feel like I was kind of labeled a lot in my younger years and even now as maybe being um, immature or um, a late bloomer because I didn't do things like have children Mm. 
or get married. And you know what? At 34 years old, I am so happy that I never had children or got married. And it doesn't mean that I hate those things for other people. It just means that my life can work a lot better and I'm able to be the person that I want to be because I did not do those things. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get into my first long-term relationship until I was 27. Um, like I really just didn't date or if I did, I dated you for maybe like a month or two and then moved on. And I always felt really weird about that. And like, cause mm-hmm. everybody always had like, I mean, you always had long-term boyfriends. I was going to say, I'm yeah. the opposite. I always had a boyfriend, yeah. but I never got married. I even was in like a seven year relationship and thank the stars. I did not get married. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, and I'm, my students would be like, you know, complaining about guys and I'd be like, no, no, no. Guys are really dumb and th- until they're about 27 or 30. So like, don't waste your time on yes. like you know you can date and enjoy it and have fun but take that's all it is this is like they are not ready and you are probably not ready and I know exactly. for me I was it, not it's ready totally okay to date and figure out what you like because you have to learn and I'm always standing by the scientific fact that our brain really does not fully develop until age 25 so I remember being 21 and 22 and having this type of fever inside of me that like I needed to find my husband or something yeah. like that and it, it's so silly to look back on because I'm like I wasn't even thinking properly. Like, how would I have been able to pull any of that off with, and or I, my personality would have changed so much between 23 to 27 that I don't even know if I could be with the same person. Yeah, no. And I always think about like, I always thought something was really wrong with me because I would get so annoyed with guys. Like I could (laughs) not spend the whole day or like I was the person that like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go home and go sleep in my bed by myself now. Like, and, and I always was just like, that's just me. And it didn't matter who I was with. That was just how I was in a relationship. And then I realized like being in the relationship I'm in now, like, no, I was just in the relationship with the wrong person. Like, yeah, you're going to get to the person where you're like, well, no, I want to stay here with you like I prefer my time with you and also someone who like understands you too like me needing a lot of downtime and like recharge time and that involves like listening to podcasts or reading like very solo activities well Mm -hmm. I have a husband who loves playing video games and so it just like works like we can take like our own me time and it's never like you're ignoring me or you're not spending time with me because we both need like separate time to dish you know but we'll do it like in the same room Yeah, you're hitting on such a great point, too, that I think um, a lot of us will get into a relationship where someone will make us question ourselves. And that's where you kind of learn to be your authentic self, or maybe you become more codependent and you Mm -hmm. kind of do everything that everyone tells you to do, which is something you will have to work on if you are like that. But um, yeah, I remember my last relationship, he was definitely more extroverted and would always make me feel bad about that. And it had a lot to do with, you know, why I would drink to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in social situations. And like now I'm in a relationship where Trevor is such a homebody and same as you, we can do the same, like something different in the same room. And um, we don't like to be around people. We don't like to go out and about. We don't want to go out on the town clubbing. Like it's nice and refreshing. So yeah, it it is true. Like if it's not working for you, don't make some, let someone else make you feel small or stupid or not good enough because you can't do those things. Find someone that works with you. Uh, Oh uh, my God. Listen we just gave out some relationship advice right, on this episode. <laughs> we were going to talk advice. about gua but it turned into life coach. <laughs> You're welcome. It's self-care, baby. Um, so, Lauren, I'm going to change the subject because I want you to tell us about working on a movie. Guys, Lauren worked on a movie and I'm so excited for her and I'm so excited to hear about this. Dude, it was incredible. It definitely changed me. Um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to work in films. Um, It's something I've been very curious about. And I don't know if I'll work on a bunch in the future, but this opportunity landed itself in my lap where um, I was approached on my Instagram um, about this movie that was about teenagers and mental health. And um, they wanted to do some euphoria style looks. And basically the looks of these characters were important to them. So I got to do all of this character development and, you know, like really dive deep into like who these people were in the stories. I had full creative control over the makeup looks. Um, So all of that was a dream to me. Um, it was amazing, super long hours. I basically like lived in a bubble away from reality for the last 10 days. And, um, 
so much new terminology that I did not know about. Um, one of my favorite memories is they have a snack area on every film set called Crafty, and that it stands for craft services. So basically, they keep you fed and everything when you're on set, but you're never allowed to leave. So my first day on set, I don't know anybody. I just like walk into a back room trying to be quiet, um, setting up my stuff. And the boom guy, the sound guy came in and he was like, have you seen Crafty? And I'm like, no, I haven't seen her, but I'll keep an eye out. And like, <laughs> that's not a person. That's the snacks. Um, but Crafty also turned out to be my favorite part about working on a movie because I am so bad at feeding myself uh-huh. or figuring out food. And it was so nice for those 10 days to just literally be fed breakfast, lunch and dinner, even though it was like Doritos sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Yeah, no, that I mean, it makes sense if you're going to force people to be there for like 12 hours to if you keep people fed, they'll be happy and more willing to work. Yeah, Trevor's like, that's nice that they do all that stuff for you. And I'm like, it's it's not nice until you realize it. So you can't leave and you're stuck there for 14 hours till three or four in the morning. Uh I mean, to yeah, I mean, to compensate for the slave labor, here's some Doritos, you know, seriously. But it's just it's one of those concepts where you work really hard for two weeks you know, those long days mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then the rest of it is all like someone in the editing room putting everything together. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it really feeds into my ADHD life because I loved that 10 days mm-hmm. of insane work and being, it, it feeds into my healthy area of codependency. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we all became so obsessed with each other on set mm-hmm. and just like this little family. And then you leave and you're just like, what next? Yeah. Like it's so quiet in this apartment. <laughs> I mean, I did have a lot to do afterwards, but it, it was a lot to yeah. get back into, into real life, I guess. Right. It was sort of like, um, I think of like those people that work on yachts where they're gone. Yes. Like they're in, they're enveloped in that world on a yacht in their own world for, you know, however long the job is. And then you have to like come back and be like, Oh, grocery shopping. Oh, like, yeah. you know, so I've always thrived in those environments. Cause I'm, I'm very capable of doing very big grand yeah. things, but I am not capable of doing the everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot sit in an office for nine to five. I cannot figure out if I should have an apple for breakfast. You know, I mean, like, those are the things that kill me. Like, (laughs) but doing insane stuff is just so easy for me. That is, um, A, amazing and B, very unique and special. Because not, like, I would not be able to thrive in an environment like that. That's such, like, a hyper-focused, like, you know, isolated environment. But for you as the creative, being able to like fully engulf yourself in this world. And I feel like that only helped the creative process is to really just fully. It made me realize how important isolation is because I feel like that's a term that has come up a lot in my self healing and has actually been like kind of used against me that like Mm -hmm. I isolate myself or like that I stay to myself, but I'm like this, like I need to start using why I do that for the purpose. Cause I have been spending a lot of time alone, just kind of like figuring out, you know, my self healing and my mind, but I'm like, this is what it's for is like when I can hyper-focus and shut out the world, like I, I really am on this earth to create. And I love to create, whether that's creating a space in my room or my house or creating makeup looks or hair looks, or, you know, when I danced, I love to choreograph. That was my favorite part. It wasn't so much the dancing. It's like creating something. So that it definitely taught me a lot about myself and things that maybe I was doubting myself on before it, it just kind of confirms like I'm meant to be in more of these spaces um of the weird and wonderful you know you know I I don't think I've ever told you this but I gave you in my mind the unofficial title for this podcast you're the creative director did you know that that I named I, you, you did say that one time <laughs> oh, it okay. always sticks in my head and yeah. I'm like oh I'm allowed to like create things for this podcast because Kelsey says I'm the yeah. creative director <laughs> I figure you're the creative director and I'm like the audio engineer since I do all this audio that. stuff so but anyways I think the creative personality like that you have and the creative type the artist I think there's always some sort of isolation involved in that to really like dive down deep into finding that creative like to find the uh what you're trying to make or create or get inspired by or any of that I think even I think of like musicians and artists and all of that there's always some sort of isolation involved in that I mean whether that's like going into the studio and recording an album and they always I was just gonna say yeah. that I was like I kept saying to Trevor I was like I feel like that person that like I just feel like I'm like I gotta go back to the studio you know what I mean like <laughs> like I don't like being in this world where there's a lot of people around me like Mm -hmm. I need to get back to the studio Mm -hmm. well I mean that's so exciting um so the the movie is how to kill a butterfly 
Yes. Okay. And then do you know what, um, like where, what's going to happen with that film? Like where it's going to be? So they're still deciding in post-production. Um, there's a few things that might happen. So they are thinking about potentially making it into a short film, Mm -hmm. or they would also like to pitch it as a series and an extended series. So there would be a season two. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot of legality to learn in here. So I was learning from one of the writers that, um, when you pitch to Netflix, a lot of times they'll just take the concept and they'll refilm with all of their own people, their own staff. Um, one of the writers, Kate, made sure that in her with her lawyer that she really protected the yes. team that you know is original. Um, so who knows? We don't really know where this okay. will go next. Um, it will go somewhere, and I will keep everyone posted. Um, yeah. But it's I, I have a really good feeling. I felt like the people that we were with, we just really felt that the story needed to be told. And um, everybody when we were leaving was saying things like "See you next year," you know. And I know that mm-hmm. probably happens a lot with people, but something cosmically felt um, really drew me to this. And Mm -hmm. I feel that even if this isn't something major in my life, it's a stepping stone that's going to um, extend to so many different areas because of how many different people I met on this cast. Mm -hmm. Like I was working with people that were on the set of, you know, like Outer Banks, Mm -hmm. um, Righteous Gemstones, The Summer I Turned Pretty. Um, So just being around that new group of people, that that's where they work, that's what's normal in their life. And they all seem to really appreciate um, my craft, my makeup, my look. Mm -hmm. So I hope more people that are in that industry appreciate that and want to work with me because that was really the big um, selling point for me to work on this film and also getting an IMDb credit. I'm very excited about that. Oh my God. It's such a cool um, different type of networking than what you've been doing in Charleston. I feel like you've been in like the wedding circuit and then you kind of were in like the magazine publication circuit. And then now to be in this different type of circuit totally is just, it's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. It is. And it's funny um, for anyone listening that maybe is in this type of industry. I have been having a lot of talks with myself and sitting and thinking about how I have been in the wedding industry for over a decade now. And I can't think of a happy memory. I (laughs) have always felt that I don't belong here. Um, I Mm -hmm. don't feel that the wedding industry has been very kind to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I know my talent as an artist and I can feel defeated a lot after work. And it doesn't mean that I don't love the work that I do because I, that's the problem. I love the work that I do. Mm -hmm. It's the environment and the type of people that are on this specific type of work, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's kind of funny to have lived this long in this world that I I haven't even felt like it feels like being in a sorority to me is what being in the wedding industry it doesn't feel genuine to me it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel real Mm -hmm. uh so it would be really cool because when I do um get work in magazines and covers and publications and I see my work in commercials and on film that is where Mm -hmm. I feel that I really shine and what I have to contribute in the world and I really feel that my energy that I've been working on for the past couple years um, is really needed in those kind of areas because there were some issues that arose on set with um, making sure that the young actresses were handled well by Mm -hmm. sound guys that are touching them Um, Mm -hmm. making sure that young people that are burnt out from working 12 to 13 hour days are okay. Like I was definitely the fairy godmother on set that has crystals and (laughs) CBD and Mm -hmm. medicine. And, you know, even my call to leave beauty elixir, let's Mm -hmm. spray this on you. You look hot. You look sweaty. Like it it felt good. I felt really in my stride and really like where I'm supposed to be in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, um, that's, that's amazing. I think you and I are similar in that aspect where I felt like I, um, so when I kind of yelled at that guy at my former job because he was being inappropriate. <laughs> when I kind of when I kind of yelled when at that I kind of yelled at this guy. But I just feel like as a woman in her thirties, when I was younger, I wished there were adults who were looking out for me, who yes. were you know who like maybe were strangers, but they were women and they saw I was in an uncomfortable situation and they were like, "Hey, let me help you out," you know, and just mm-hmm. being like that. So um, that's really amazing, and I I hope that this opens so many doors for you and I I know what it's like to take on a project that you just feel like it just fed your soul you know it really did yeah yeah. and Mm -hmm. I also think um we can look at weddings you know as that industry as like what I always say is like 
having these past jobs, they gave you something, even if it was horrific and you hated it. Like I know I've had jobs that I freaking hated, but I can Mm -hmm. always find something that they gave me, whether it was learning like, Hey, I never want to do this job again, or I never (laughs) want to work for this type of person again. Or, you know, just like this, these tools that, you know, we are all just like a puzzle and all of these parts of this puzzle create this whole picture. And it's really awesome. It is really awesome. But I think because you worked in weddings, you learned so much about doing makeup for film, like to be on film and on camera and things like that. And also just that learning a side of the industry that you were like, I don't want to be part of this, you know? Yeah. And I've always been a lot different than other makeup artists because I am not your person that shows up with acrylic nails, extensions, eyelash extensions. It's always been about the art to me Mm -hmm. and the face almost like looking at it as dimension and painting. So I've worked with a lot of these like side gigs I've had on, um, over the past couple of years, like my boudoir photography. And, um, I also work with the fine art photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, they, always take the time to ask, answer my questions about lighting and placement of things on the face. So that's where more of my passion lies, where I feel like a lot of people in the makeup world are kind of just more about being pretty, you know? And, and to me, it's always been so much more than that. Um, so it's, it's been kind of, that definitely like fed my soul and it, and it put together those things that other, um, photographers have taught me throughout the years and I was able to use them on film and go into a situation where I was very green and very new because I didn't know anything. I didn't know how many, how much time I'd have with actors. I didn't know if I would see the face on film and it would look awful. And what what do I do? You know, how do I tell someone that, or how do I fix it? What if the lighting is different? Um, I was able to go into that situation with like a little bit in my back pocket to get me through, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I, um, I'm, when you told me you were like, Hey, I got asked to do this film and, and, you know, they reached out to me and I think I'm going to do it. And I'm like, absolutely. When things speak to your heart, you just got to do it. Yeah. And I appreciate having someone like you in my circle. Cause a big part of me chasing my dreams is I don't share my dreams. Um, because I have been around a lot of people that have squashed my dreams or told me my dreams aren't big enough or told me my dreams aren't realistic. So to just have one friend and a boyfriend <laughs> that I can like say these things to and they support me and they're because that's all you need to be is excited yeah. for someone. You know, you don't really have to codependently be in my situation, just you're excited that I'm excited and I, you know that I have a good head on my shoulders to make good decisions and that's all that needs to happen, you know? Well, and, and thank I, you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I think with you and I and our chosen career paths, so um, for anyone who doesn't know, Lauren and I both did the college route because that was very heavily pressured on us um, from where we grew up and from our parents. And and I'm grateful that I went to college, but then we both after college were like, okay, cool, can I do what I want to do now? And we went into the beauty industry and Lauren went to cosmetology school and I went to aesthetic school and then we've been kind of carving out our path ever since then and so I think because you and I have done these non-typical journeys and we've chosen these non-typical careers that most people don't understand it they don't get it you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and they think like well you're just a hairdresser right or like they Mm -hmm. don't understand what I do they're like you do facials you just wash people's faces (laughs) and I'm like well no I teach people how to wash people's faces like you know what I mean like it doesn't it doesn't make sense like we're not in the business world we're not in finance you know, we're not in accounting. Like I, and I truly, like, I see it with my grandparents. Like he struggles to understand like what it is I do, you know what I mean? And like why I chose to do that. And Mm -hmm. so I think when you have someone like you and I who can appreciate the journeys that we're trying, you know, the futures and careers we're trying to create for ourselves and these little steps that we take that are going to have big impacts. It's just, it's nice to have someone, like you said, that we can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, always support your artist and creative oh. friends, guys, because it's rough out here. We have no carved. Pa- like I used to say that with my ex who was a firefighter. I'm like, must be so nice that like, you oh, know, yeah. the next step for your promotion, you know, yeah. the test you have to take and then you take the test and pass and then you get the raise. Well, like, and, and everybody loves you. You're a fire. Yeah, yeah. Everybody like, loves no, you. Like what I did is right or wrong right. or, you know, it, it's just weird. Right. Like when I was a vet tech, everybody loved that because everybody loves dogs. Right. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you're a vet tech. That's a 
amazing. Like You're everybody a hero. loved it. Like- <laughs> yeah, I was a hero, right? I was a hero. Everybody loved it. And then I was like, cool, I'm going to esthetician school. And they're like, what is that? I don't know what that is. They're like, but you like dogs. And I'm like, yeah, I like dogs. But like, mm-hmm. this, you know, it just nobody got it. Right. Or like my yeah. mom and my sister are nurses like that. Everybody knows what a nurse is. Everybody knows a nurse. They like understand it. It makes sense. They're like, oh, they do nursing. Like they mm-hmm. don't you know, we just have these atypical careers that people don't understand. And it's crazy because I feel like in our careers we have we have so much opportunity and mm-hmm. space to be heroes and help other people. And the thing is, like, we don't talk about it every day, but we talk to someone about their mental health or their well-being or make someone laugh or feel good about their skin or themselves every single day. And it's really amazing. I mean, that's really definitely what like dr- like drives me in this career is how you make people feel. And um, yeah. yeah, the impact that you can make just by making someone's day better in the smallest ways. Right. Because like we're categorized as being in the service industry. Right. So Mm -hmm. we're categorized with like servers, bartenders, things like that. But then when I was working at a five star resort, I was called a spa therapist. Right. And I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. literally what I am, because these people come in and they trauma dump on me. Yes. That's why you have to protect your energy. You're in a very intimate setting that for some reason, like and I think everybody knows this, like you tell your hairdresser crazy stuff like we are the Mm -hmm. people receiving this crazy information. Like I was being told insane things by people. Because they felt like they were in a closed room, comfortable, and they were naked, and I was washing their face, and they were like, "Let me tell you about the affair I'm having," or like whatever. Right. Um, That's what I think people don't understand because sometimes you do get juicy drama from just like clients that you like really love, and you're like, "Oh, this was fun." But sometimes you have someone with you that you can tell that they're the narcissist, Mm -hmm. they're the problem, they're the ones causing these issues that they're bitching about and talking about people in such a bad way. And to me, that's such a trigger that I have to like calm myself down on. But I think that's the hardest part is when you get someone like that in your chair that trauma dumps on you and you're just like, here we go. Like, it's so funny. It, it, I think people don't realize what it's like to be on the other end of that. And I mean, you know, do you like if you got a trauma dump, trauma dump where you have to, but it's just crazy being on the other end of the the person receiving the trauma dumping. And where it's I'm just, more like, how could you feel so comfortable with me? You right. don't know me that well. You like, don't know me. But also it's like, especially at the resort, these people are like, I'm never going to see her again. I don't care. I'm uh-huh. going to tell her crazy stuff. And it's like, okay. <laughs> And that's what make it, makes it exciting, too, because I yeah. definitely couldn't have a job where, like, you had to, like, mind your P's and Q's and talk about, like, boring shit at the water yeah. cooler. I'm yeah. like, no, oh, tell me about this yeah. bear. He did yeah. what? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Um, all right. So should we get into the topic? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No. Yeah. Let's talk about gua sha sha sha. Okay. This is so funny. We were going to talk about this so long ago. Um, so we had received, um, a message from somebody asking about gua sha and anytime Lauren and I, I know for me and Lauren, you probably get this too. We post videos of us using these tools or anything like that. We get a lot of questions about it or like, what is that? Or do I need to be doing that? And I think with social media and TikTok and reels and videos, seeing these gua sha's in action, you know, they're definitely more prominent now. People are seeing it and wondering what is this, you know, new thing. Um, So I'm going to reference an article from prevention.com by Chrissy Brady, which is called How a Gua Sha Facial Massage Could Benefit Your Skin According to Dermatologist. And so the cool thing about Gua Sha is actually this has been around for thousands of years. It is traditional Chinese medicine. Um, And it's an ancient Chinese practice that's thought to promote the flow of qi or energy in the skin. The technique involves gently scraping a tool over the neck and face. It's usually made of jade or rose quartz and it's cut to fit the contours of the face. Theoretically, the pressure that's applied to the skin via the gua sha tool causes a level of friction that improves circulation and increases blood flow to the area. So really what you're seeing as a result of this is because of this friction, the circulation, and this blood flow. So you're going to see things like increased collagen production, reduction of puffiness, hyperpigmentation, and muscle tension. Um, So the technique with a gua sha is very similar to a jade roller in that they both encourage lymphatic drainage. Um, And lymph is the fluid, lymph is responsible, it's our waste removal system of the body. And it works in conjunction with our circulatory system. So anytime you've got like puffiness or swelling, I think about like if you sprain your ankle, you're swollen, that's lymph. And lymph does not have its own pump. Like our heart has a pump to keep things flowing. Lymph does not. 
And so sometimes it can become a little stagnant and you end up with puffiness and it is a, an accumulation of waste. So circu- you know, moving things and moving things around the body and massage and all of that is very beneficial. Um, so similar to the technique of a jade roller, you're encouraging lymphatic drainage um, and decreasing puffiness. But gua sha is more effective at doing so because it not only gives you more flexibility in the amount of pressure you apply, but its edges contour better to the face so you're able to cover more ground. So if you've ever seen a gua sha or have never seen it, these are almost like um, they're almost heart shaped or they can be square, but they're always going to have like different contours and curves to fit the contour of your face and body. Um, the gua sha tool not only gives you the flexibility of the amount of pressure, but its edges contour better. The wide rolling pin shape of a jade roller can't get into specific areas necessary in order to allow for true drainage and depuffing. So that's um, essentially, in summary, what a gua sha is. So let's talk about the specific benefits of the gua sha. So the gua sha will help relax facial tension. So a lot of us tend to be um, jaw clenchers or eyebrow furrowers, and using that tool to move it around will help relieve some of that tension. It also reduces the puffiness we talked about with the lymphatic system. Um, It improves your skin appearance because of the assistance of the lymphatic drainage. You will have waste removed as well as an increase of blood flow. And this increase of blood flow brings nutrients and oxygen to the skin, resulting in an improved appearance. And it's going to boost the efficiency of skincare products. The massage movements helps with the absorption of your serums, your masks, your moisturizers, etc. There is a caution. It is not recommended to use gua sha during allergy, dermatitis, or eczema flare-ups or any skin irritation or inflammation as it could aggravate it. So obviously, if you've got something going on in your skin, this is not a great time to be using the gua sha. Um, But what is nice about the gua sha is you can kind of pick whatever you want to use it with. So if you want to use it with a serum or a facial oil or your mask or your moisturizer, there's not really rules about when it's best to use a gua sha. Um, So picking your tool. A gua sha is made out of jade, rose quartz, obsidian, really any smooth stone. They come in different sizes and shapes, but generally they have small curved areas for your brow and eye area, and then a V-shape for the jaw line. So to use your gua sha, um, I'm going to refer, if you're curious about this um, and you're more of a visual learner, I'm going to refer everyone to the YouTube channel called Lanshin. L-A-N-S-H-I-N. And this is by Sandra Lanshin Chu, um, who is a acupuncturist and herbalist that specializes in treating and rejuvenating the skin using traditional Chinese medicine. She has tons of how-to gua sha videos using different types of um, types of tools and different styles. And these are actually what I would show my students um, when I was teaching them about gua sha. So when you're using the gua sha, you always want to start with prepping the skin. So you want to start with cleansed, moisturized skin and using either a serum or facial oil to coat the skin. You start at the neck and work your way up, gently gliding the tool up and out. In aesthetics, we always say you always want to move everything upwards and outwards like towards your ears. Um, It should not hurt and there should not be intense pressure. Start at the center of the face and go out. So think chin along the jawline to your ear and you're going to do the same thing in your center of the face. So sides of the nose along the cheek towards your ear. You want to be very gentle in the eye area, anything within that orbital bone area because you can actually do more damage to this area if you're too rough. With lymphatic drainage, it's not about pressure. It's about movement and encouragement. So around the eyes, if you do have eye concerns, um, I'm going to refer you to our eye concern episode, but things like um, puffiness and discoloration and all of that, you can actually make it wor- worse if you're too rough with that area. So you just want to keep it real gentle in that area. Um, and lastly, the gua sha can be done two to three times a week. So, you know, there, there isn't, I mean, you could do it every day if you want. 
Um, so, you know, go ahead, check out your gua sha, check out all your tools. Um, Lauren and I always refer everyone to like TJ Maxx or Michael or Marshall's, those type places. They're, don't buy skincare there, but these are the best <laughs> places to get your tools. Um, you can also buy them. Jeff Bezos has tons of him, tons of them on his website. I have a. Um, I don't know why I was just thinking of like Jeff Bezos had a gua sha market <laughs> or something, but you're talking about Amazon. Yeah. I'm like, what? I like picture him with like, I don't know, like opening a towel. Like, look at all these gua shas. Like, <laughs> I have um, all the gouaches I have have come in kits with a jade roller. So I have uh, rose quartz ones and then I have jade roller ones. And these are also things I keep in my skincare fridge because they're they feel really nice when they're cold. Um, and I also really like using them. I use them myself for my migraines because my migraines always come with some eye pressure and pain. And so getting up into that brow and really relieving the pressure feels really nice for me. I was going to say, yeah, just having one of these. I mean, I've been gua shying this t- entire time you've been talking. Ooh. Yeah, and because and um, I use them a lot. Uh, I definitely like clench my jaw um, mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. my period. I always just have a lot of extra like water mm-hmm. on me. Um, I also like them on the back of my neck is really mm-hmm. nice. Anywhere that you kind of feel like a knot in your system, you could definitely like push the gua sha stone around on it a little bit yeah that youtube channel i referred to she shows you how to do like the back of your neck and decollete and everything like that um it's fun when you learn about gua sha they actually used to use um in addition to stones they would use bone sometimes um, and they would use it on the body to do like actual scraping where it would leave like actual scraping marks but that um, sounds so nice because that's like what I need on my jawline. Like mm-hmm. once I get to like closer to my ear, like you can feel like the bone scrape. Mm-hmm. So um, you can gua sha on the body as well. Anywhere you have tension or anything like that where you think it would encourage movement. Um, I always refer people, you know, the value of working on your like ankles, calves and feet um, because of that, you know, lymph pools down there. And, yes. you know, it's really important to take care of your feet and to encourage that circulation back up towards the center of the body as well. I actually did my feet yesterday. I went on a little foot journey last year um, because my pinky toe never even touched the ground thanks to years of wearing Charlotte Russe um, oh two for 25 heels. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, that was definitely part of it was wearing two toe separators and using a little gua sha. But I think, I think everyone should own a gua sha. Um, they're not expensive. No, they're no. so great. Um, they feel amazing. And personally, I feel that one of the biggest um, things for your skin that is left out of the internet is manipulating and moving your skin. There's such a benefit to it, um, especially what Kelsey's saying about when you notice you have tension and maybe you're scurrowing your brow or you're holding on to tension in your jaw, like take a minute to like move that around and stop that happening, you know, like manipulate your skin a little bit. And I think you'll see really positive results. Yeah, I've taken a lot of facial massage classes. And I'll tell you, as long as you're moving upward and outward, you're doing the right thing. And as Mm -hmm. long as you stay gentle around, you know, your eyes, you can really just take a tool or your hands even and just follow the contours of your face, you know, and massage your temples, massage where your your jaw um, meets, right, where you clench it, and just, you know, working things into the skin. But, you know, the reason facial massage is so beneficial is because it's, it's again, about bringing that circulation. We know that our cells, they need the oxygen, the nutrients that the blood brings it. And so, you know, a way to get that, you know, youthful glow and that flush is by encouraging and helping that circulation to the skin. Um, you're also going to work out any stress, any tension, which will help pump up, like plump up any fine lines or anything like that. So a super under, underappreciated part of, um, skincare and self-care is massage and facial massage is something you can do to yourself. I mean, I do one every day with my, um, oil-based, my pre-cleanse. It's a, my first cleanse is an oil-based. And so I use that opportunity to really just massage my face, but I also love a jade roller gua sha straight out of my skincare fridge and use that to kind of roll in my moisturizer or eye cream. 
Yeah, totally. Um, I also feel that I know a woman who is um, in her 40s now, and she has been taking an approach with skincare where she does not want to do any injectables. Um, she's It's not off the table for her forever. She just really wants to go natural as long as she can. And she has been taking an approach where she constantly gets facials and um, does what's the one that puts all the hydration back into the skin? Is it the hydrofacial? Yeah, yeah, hydrofacial. Yeah, but just a lot of manipulation to her skin. And um, she looks amazing. You know, I just really think that is another way that if you are trying to go a very natural approach to your aging process and skincare, manipula manipulating your skin and using tools like this are super helpful. Also, if you would like to go down a very fun rabbit hole, <laughs> there are a lot of um, face yoga experts. Mm -hmm on um, the internet. So follow some of those accounts on Instagram. I think some of their claims are a little outrageous of the um, anti-aging benefits, but they at least give you some really cool um, little exercises you can work on your face and just some different ways to go around your face if you want to get creative. Um, mm -hmm. The one that I think is most popular, her name is Face Yoga Expert, and she also has a podcast. So oh, if you, I just went on Instagram and put in face yoga and a million accounts came up. So if you're bored and want to check that out, Oh, go for it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about what a facial is, it's essentially I'm massaging your face for an hour. I, mm -hmm. Essentially, I mean, I'm applying different products and creams and, you know, those really target the skin, but we're also really working the muscle. Um, something that we don't really talk about and we can't really target with skincare is, you know, you have this muscle tone loss and this fat, the buccal pad fat loss in the face over time. And that's just from gravity and deterioration. And so by massaging your face and working out, you know, it's essentially working out the muscles and, you know, toning the, the structure of the face because we can do all the skincare we want but nothing's really going to target your muscles that's too deep so mm -hmm. doing things like a facial massage or using these tools or things like that is a way for you to target those yeah that was such a great point I mean I'm in my own little world of my body and working out mm -hmm. and my aging process and yeah you got to work that face out too work that face out as well plus <laughs> it's such a nice self-care thing to do it's so nice to do these mm -hmm. things for yourself and it always feels good every I mean the my favorite thing is brow pinching if you don't pinch your brows it is my favorite thing to do to myself my favorite thing to do on clients I love a good brow pinch we all have so much tension in our brows and in our eyes from staring at screens and especially if you wear contacts or glasses you're eye muscles are having to work harder. So just relieving all of that tension in the brows. It, it's just so nice. It's a nice thing to do to yourself. It's so true. And so many people make you go, what the fuck? And then you like <laughs> scrunch your eyebrows together. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun place to end it I like it yes. um, yeah should we talk about what we're grateful for and what our anarchy is yeah 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 you go first okay so I am very grateful for my new apartment mm -hmm. um my anarchy I totally forgot it it's not the one that I wrote down so I'll let you go and then maybe okay. I'll come back to it okay well my gratefulness is um I have a new career opportunity I'm not going to talk too much about yet uh, but I'm just really excited and I feel like I just have this opportunity to kind of level up and teach more people because um, that's really what I'm passionate about is education and teaching and, and I love talking about the skin and sharing all that information and my anarchy is because I told my job to fuck off um <laughs> my old mm -hmm. job I I've never done this in my life I walked out of a job uh basically in the middle of the day and I am not someone who does that I've never done that but I just got to the point where I just needed to I just couldn't and I literally said I think I'm done and set my keys on the table because I was like this I was in a toxic work environment I was working for a toxic company and I was in a hostile place and I just I ha I mean Lauren knows she hears me complain about it all the time and mm -hmm. I finally got to the point where I was like yeah I'm good I I'm done <laughs> yeah it, it was so toxic every yeah. story it's funny when you watch a friend in, in a toxic situation yeah. and you weren't in like a dangerous setting no. yet but you hear people make excuses for the craziest stuff you know and I'm just yeah. like in my head I'm like it's all sorts of wrong from the beginning everything yeah. you're going through but you're like it's fine it's fine and it's not fine um I did have a nice laugh when you initially told me that you walked out before we got into like the real emotions of what happened because when I first brought up having anarchy as mm -hmm. my word this year you kind of were like oh, like that's just, like like almost like it was a negative thing you know mm -hmm. and I was just like 
this bitch gets it now. Like yeah. anarchy is important in life yeah. <laughs> and I'm so proud of you. And I just love how the whole thing went down because yeah. I feel like your students rallying around you was so important oh. for your own mental health to validate that you were not wrong and you yeah. deserve that. Yeah. I, I wasn't wrong and I knew I wasn't wrong. And it's hard when the company is saying like, no, you're wrong. And then to hear my students were like, no, fuck that. They were wrong. Um, I love you guys. If you listen to this, just know like hearing everything you guys did was amazing. And I love you guys. It got me a, a cease and desist. So that's awesome. <laughs> so badass. That's so anarchy. <laughs> yeah. So anyways. Um, all right. Did you remember what your anarchy was? Not really, but I think okay. a lot of my anarchy right now is kind of like um, rethinking the way I work, how I work, yeah. the hours I work, how much pay I get when I work. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, that's uh, my anarchy right now is kind of like turning some things down and not being as available for others yeah. as I was in the past. Well, I think you're learning to um, value yourself, which is so hard to do in this industry because, you know, um, you know, we have to we got to hustle, you know, we have to hustle mm-hmm. and work for our money. And and so there's just a point where you'll just take any job and everything. And I think you getting to be more selective with things is amazing. Yeah, Kelsey and I um, are talking about creating a Patreon where we're a little more unfiltered mm-hmm. about um, our journey through the beauty industry, mm-hmm. um, because we have a lot to say, because I feel that a lot of people want to give you a strategy on how to be rich or make six figures or do this. But I really think that sometimes we need to focus in on that. It's the chaos you need Mm -hmm. to lean into at the beginning and then you need to change your strategy, you know? So I ended up making, um, getting a lot of bookings by being available all Mm -hmm. the time. And, um, where other times in the past, someone had told me that I should pick up a second or third job. And for the first time in my life, I was like, no, I need to stop working multiple jobs because I need to be available for any last minute thing that might come my way or, um, just being brought an opportunity. So Mm -hmm. I did that for a while and I got really busy, but now I'm starting to realize that, maybe sometimes people only contact me for opportunities they don't want that aren't that great, you know, and that's up to me to get smarter and weed that out and find authentically who I am and what I stand for and what I like to do and what I don't like to do. And, um, just go with it. Yeah. Becoming more self-aware. Yeah. 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 And you can only do that by making mistakes. Like you have to go through the hard parts Mm -hmm. first. Yeah. So Lauren gave you guys a little bit of a teaser, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get a Patreon and get a little unfiltered and maybe just do more chatting and more, more stuff. Um, we're still, I also said it here to hold us accountable because we have to do it. (laughs) We're still going to keep beauty guys as you know, our episodes, we're still going to have our free episodes, but we're going to think about making, we are going to think about doing it. Mm. We are doing it, making more content, a little more unfiltered and a little bit, maybe shorter, sweeter, more fun, just more content for you guys available on the patreon so keep stay tuned stay tuned stay tuned all right guys well thank you so much for listening follow us on instagram and tiktok at beauty guides podcast um leave us a five-star review wherever you listen if you're on podcast apple Podcasts, or spotify give us a review share us with a friend um we have a whole ass website beautyguidespodcast.com and finally you can shop so many of our favorite product recommendations at pro.shopmyshelf.us slash beautyguidespodcast you know it's funny I was reading that thinking wow I never screw this up and then I screw it up as I'm thinking that of course Mm. (laughs) anyways thank you so much for listening guys we'll talk to you next time um and goodbye bye